Ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned into episode 33-0 of the Teddy Roosevelt Show. Milestone episode, folks. We've got the midterm elections coming up, too. Super soon, three weeks from today, um, our booking team said, Teddy, it was your birthday earlier this month. It's episode 30. We got to do something big. Who can we get? Who do you want to get? Give me your top three. And they go, should we go after Rogan? I go, he's too overexposed. He's busy. Elon, ah, he's busy too. Give me Brad Swale. And they contacted him, contacted him. Finally broke through the gatekeepers. Got him on the phone. And ladies and gentlemen, I am proud to announce Teddy's favorite person in Texas, maybe the United States, if not the Earth, Milky Way galaxy, and the entire solar system. Ladies and gentlemen, Brad Swale. Hello. Brad, um, for those of you, uh, there, there might be a few people who don't know who the hell you are. So I should give you a little intro. Um, I, that was a pretty nice intro. Favorite person in the solar system, galaxy, and everything. Um, but you're the host. You make some. I mean, you of, make some good points. That Joe Rogan is a little overexposed. So a little, a little. Well, we'll see if we can say a little soundbite here that uh, that goes viral, Brad. But you're obviously the host of the Austin City Councilman podcast. A little biased, but it's the uh, probably the most beloved listened to political podcast in Austin, if not Texas. And um, just an all around good guy, fifth generation Texan. Um, Brad, I, 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 you do so many interviews, and I said no one really asked Brad any questions or follow up questions. It's, I mean, so I, I, figured, I it, it's tough to sleep at night, to be honest. When I think about it, I mean, everyone, everyone wants to know what everyone else has to say, but. No one wants to know what Brad has to say. Brad, I am. This was a sinister plot. I've reverse engineered the fact that you are a strikingly handsome person. There are female groupies all over that listen to you, and they're dying for more swale, swale tidbits, swale trivia. They want to get to know you a little bit better. The man behind the mic. They're going to so have to. Go, they're going to have to compete with my wife for the swale tidbits. Come on. That. Okay, that's true, and and I don't know if we're gonna launch uh, your your new product that no. we discussed over the weekend. <laughs> we're gonna keep that under wraps. Let's keep that under wraps until uh, the holidays get a little closer. Wait for Valentine's Day. We got a stocking stuffer surprise for you, folks. It's Double gonna, entendre there. It's gonna be stuffing so some anyways, some some sort of stocking. That's for sure. Brad, I mean, I I don't think anyone could argue as far as being the most, I don't know, objective, unbiased journalist, um, has anyone, there's no one out there in Austin who has taken it to the next level as far as the interviews from Kirk Watson to RuPaul. Um, Rupal. Rupal. Well, I don't, I just don't want people to think that I interviewed, uh, famous. RuPaul, the. Yeah. RuPaul, the famous transgender, I don't man, woman. I don't know what to say. Woman, I think. Uh, are they trans? Are, is, is RuPaul trans? I don't. Are they? I don't know what they are. But whatever. Yeah, go on. I, 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 Brad, it wouldn't be a show unless I unless I had a pronunciation correction from you. It's just like old times, brother. <laughs> um, and 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 then you've been interviewing the media, sort of the Texan, the Monitor, Ryan Altulo. I haven't had. Curious. I have not had Ryan Altulo on. Uh, maybe oh, one haven't? day. No, I I did see him in person, and he is a he's a he's an, an interesting interesting person. But go on. Well, I heard you describe him as a serial killer, Brad, on uh. your show. 
<laughs> so yeah, I don't know if that sort of uh, threw a little wrench in his uh, decision to come on. No, I, I haven't reached out to him. He does look like I mean, I, and I said when I said this on the show. Look, I mean, I'm a ba- I'm bald. You know, I shave my head. Someone looks at me, they might think that I'm a skinhead or whatever. That I look like a skinhead, I should say. And I mean, he's just a very. It's almost a compliment in a way. He's very like well put together, very neat. You know, hair trimmed a certain way, nice little glasses. You know, looks like he jogs a lot, very thin and fit. I mean, he, he just did. He, he, I'm sure he's a great, a very nice gentleman. I don't, I'm not saying he is a serial killer. You and you did add those caveats. You did correct. It's not like you just said, "Oh, he's a no." You, you did, you did sort of swing it around. So I'm, I'm curious. What out of those interviews? Um, that you've done or, or since the Austin city councilman, when was, I'm trying to find on Spotify and it won't let me search. Um, deep, when was the first episode recorded? When was When did this podcast launch? Oh, geez. Uh, I think January, 2020 or thereabouts. Of 2020. Yeah. Okay. Just before, I think just before the, the pandemic started. Okay. I, I'm just curious. You've, you've had a slew of guests. Um, with, did, did anything pop out at you from the most recent round of interviews or looking back on the history of the show? Do you have like a, a guest that really, you know, exceeded your expectations or wasn't what you thought or what, what really has popped out to you during this interview? Um, Brent? Well, I mean, those are two, two different questions, right? What, totally. uh, what, what, stand, what stands out as, uh, you know, better than I thought. And what was a, you know, a letdown. I'm not going to say what was a letdown because it's not, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna trash talk, uh, you know, guests that come on the show, uh, but certainly they they don't always go as I sort of planned, and I I always take some at least some responsibility for that because you know whatever I'm the host and I should uh, make them all uh, I should I should make them all good, um, but as far as standing out as like a really fun interview or ones that I really like, I mean. I always enjoy having Jack Craver on the show. I know that my listeners are not big fans of his just because of the ideological divide, but he's it's always fun to have him on because he's, you know, I don't know, it, it, he he does come from a different um perspective, right? I mean, I and I, you know, so does Celia Israel, so does Kirk Watson, and those are fine to have, but they're politicians and it's not really a, like a uh, I mean, you can disagree with them, but it's not really allowed, so to speak. They don't really expect that. Uh, but Jack always comes on expecting to disagree. And, uh, I mean, he's been a pretty good sport about it, I think. And I have I would love to talk to him and other people like him more often uh, just because it is it is good to to get out there and, you know, challenge ideas, right? I don't know. It's a lot of fun. Absolutely. No, you're that you're one of the few people um out there doing it. And, well, few uh, people there's so few people out there that will come on and do that though. That's the problem. I mean, it, it's hard to get progressives to come onto the show and actually talk about the ideas. They just don't they don't do it. And I, you know, I, I don't know. I I I would like to think that it's because they're scared, but I don't know. Maybe they just don't want to I don't know. I don't know why. Why, don't. why would why would they when they just get uh you know they just get treated with kid glo- I mean the media is on their team. It's like having an extended PR. So why why even invite yourself to criticism or scorn? Um uh which 
which you're and you're and you're a very cool guy about it. It's frustrating. I got to hand it to Kirk Watson. He did come on um, the show. It's it's hilarious, Brad. You lived in Austin. Your fifth generation for a while. He he sort of wants to take credit for uh, Austin being great from '97 to 2001. How much of uh, Austin's um, explosion? How much would you attribute it to Michael Dell and the Delionaires versus Kirk Watson? I mean. I would think that it's what, what makes Austin cool is not certainly not the politicians. I mean, it was a, you know, growing up, there was the whole like keep Austin weird ethos. And that was, you know, built around keeping, you know, supporting small business, supporting Austin, supporting local and, you know, just sort of being yourself. And I don't think Kirk Watson, uh, you know, he, he, to, to give politicians credit for something like that is, uh, gross i think it's disingenuous um but you know the 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 delionaires certainly and i i think we it's not necessarily specifically them but people like them you know happy for their success that's great big companies done a lot of good work whatever but to think that those people are the ones that sort of made austin cool you know as austin grows you see more of the austin culture uh, go by the wayside and it becomes more homogenous with the, you know, sort of national culture. We keep trying to imitate all these other cities and do what they're doing. And it's just not, it's not the way that Austin is. And we, you know, growing up here, I think I have a pretty good idea of what the Austin culture is. And it's just not the, it's not, it's not what it used to be. And, you know, we get a lot of transplants. Fine. Welcome to Austin that, you know, it's part of a growing city, but they, you know, they bring those different cultures with them, those different lifestyles and everything, and it, it, it changes the, the cultural landscape. Yeah, yeah. It reminded me of uh, Watson taking credit for that. Reminds me of Adler um, taking credit. Oh, if, if, every, if the rest of Texas had Austin's COVID numbers, you know, we would have saved X number of deaths. Gee, Adler, do you know um, Whole Foods started here in, what, 1982, and Austin's been ranked as, like, the healthiest city for 30 years? Anyway, so... Brad, since you started this podcast in 2020, you've sort of made a name for yourself here in the uh, Austin media landscape and now are a weekly fixture on the number one most listened to uh, morning talk show in Austin. For those of you who aren't in Texas, it's the Todd and Don show um, on KLBJ, Todd Jeffries and Don Pryor. And that's going on. You, you were subbing in the summer when they're doing vacations uh when they were doing vacations brad but you are a fixture there every friday right 9 45 a.m so whatever wants to know there was big rumors you were gonna throw your hat in the ring and you're gonna run you obviously you have three kids one of them um lockham's a special needs kid so obviously it's not a normal situation where you have a lot of responsibilities at home where do you think you're career path is taking you brad do you think it will uh be media radio um continuing to do the news or do you see politics in your future <laughs> everyone wants to know i should have kicked it off with that one i just wanted to warm you up and butter you up and now that i've got your guard down tell us the truth what do you what are you thinking here and it's okay if you say i don't know well i mean i don't know you know i i was seriously considering running for city council um, and it's not, obviously it didn't happen. 
so I, you know, that could happen again where I seriously consider it and it doesn't work out. Uh, but you know, right now I'm just focused on the podcast. You know, if something like, uh, you know, if I could be more involved over at KLBJ, that would be great. Uh, it's certainly not a, an opportunity that I would, uh, scoff at. I would certainly consider it. I mean, I mean, I tell them almost every single time I'm there that it's, I mean, it's literally a dream come true growing up and listening to KLBJ, uh, in the car with my dad, or even when I started to drive on my own, uh, listening to the talk shows, you know, to and from high school and everything. Um, and kind of being nervous, you know, listening like back when Jeff Ward was on the show or on the, the, on KLBJ in the afternoons, I think he was, what was he like three to six, three to seven, something like that. I would listen to him and I would always think about calling in. And sometimes I would work up the courage to actually dial the number, call in, and I would get in line to, to speak. And then I would hang up because I would just get too nervous. Um, and you know, now I'm actually on the radio being a part of it. And it's just a totally, it, it really is a dream come true. And I've always thought it would be fun, man. It would be great to have a, you know, be on the radio and talk about this stuff. I, you know, it, it, it's, it seems like such a cool thing to do. Uh, and now I'm actually doing it and, you know, a small way, uh, but it's, it's fantastic. I, it, it really is. When I say it's a dream come true, it really is. Uh, so I would never turn down an opportunity like that, whether it's a KLBJ or something, uh, you know, somewhere else. But as far as running for office, you know, it's interesting. I don't know. I don't know if, if I think that the way that things are going in Austin, uh, if I were to stay in this current district, district eight, that in 20, I guess it would be 2026. So running in 2025, I think that actually might be better timing. Uh, I think people, I think the pendulum will swing further away from where we are now uh, and people will be a little bit more fed up with the things are going. Cause I don't, I don't see Paige Ellis or, you know, any of the, if the council, if the council were to stay the same, I know we're about to get some new blood, but I don't, I don't see it getting and getting any better if things stay on this current path. No, I don't know if you've been following the Oregon news, but <clears throat> I could just talk about that on a future one that I'll do when you're where you're not interviewing. But yeah, it it is people are getting fed up all over. So how about mayor? I I I feel like this would have been the perfect year and opportunity for you to run for mayor. Do you feel like you have to do a stepping stone thing or have you thought about just shooting to the top? <laughs> I mean, to think that the mayor is the top. Um yeah, I I mean, I don't I don't know. It it that would be that would be a real big jump. It seems more logical to start with something like city council, and this is just a general rule. I'm not necessarily talking about me myself and my situation, but the you know starting at council and then moving to mayor, uh, unless you're some sort of fixture in the community as a business leader or something like that. I don't know. I mean, how often do? I mean, I guess you have Carrie Lake in Arizona was a journalist and now is you know almost governor, but. Um, Brad, who was who was Kirk Watson's number one competition in the 2000 um, election for mayor? He came in second. The 2000? Yes. Uh, I don't know. Who was it? Ryan Atulo. Leslie. <laughs> so a fixture. Kirk never mentions that. Kirk never mentions that. He basically ran on a post. He got 29,777 votes. 
only 29,000. Leslie came in second with 2,755. So here say, oh, I might have to get familiar, blah, blah, blah. Leslie said, I'm throwing my dress into the ring and making this happen. So if Leslie can do it, Brad, certainly you could do it. Okay, well, I don't I don't know if I need to become the the fixture in the way that Leslie became a fixture, but uh, I, that does, you know, I guess that does give me some hope. Um, let's switch it up with a little lighthearted since we're talking about Leslie and they featured Leslie during the first Austin FC home game ever at Q2 Stadium. Were you at the exhilarating penalty kick playoff victory for Austin FC against Real Salt Lake? Yeah, I was there. Was it awesome? Oh my God, yeah. It was a ton of fun. I mean, it it was a, a poorly called game uh, on the ref's part. I don't know what the hell it takes for MLS what the MLS rules are to get a, a VAR triggered. But, I mean, they, they somehow it got triggered on Austin FC uh, against, uh, what's his name? I think Julio Valencia for a handball in the box. I don't know why that got called for a review and all the other calls, all the other things that uh, Real Salt Lake did, why that those didn't get called. What is the What are the guidelines? What's the threshold? Who the fuck knows? But... Uh, I mean, it was really cool to see, you know, the, 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 the going into overtime and then going to penalty kicks. I mean, it was as a fan, as a, as being participating, you know, participating in that way in the stadium was a, a ton of fun. Oh, there's nothing like postseason sports and just the exhilaration and everything. So they played Dallas on uh, Sunday Saturday night at seven, Sunday night, yeah. at, Sunday night at seven or seven thirty. Yeah. Will you be there? I plan on it. I got tickets. Oh, yeah. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. So, Todd and Don, give us one thing that that, that people wouldn't expect that, uh, at KLBJ. Give us the Todd and or, and or Don tidbit, Brad. <laughs> Do they make fun of you for not eating vegetables or fruit? I know they're they're fascinated by the fact, and we, we should get into that. Um, when was the last time you you're, – you're a totally – 100% carnivore. For those who don't know, you only eat meat. When was the last time you ate a non-meat food item? Well, I mean, I, I every time this gets brought up, I, I clarify, yes, I am a, I'm a carnivore. Um, I only eat meat, but I'm not, I like to say that I'm not a vegan about it. I don't, and that is to say that I don't, I don't complain if, you know, I go to a restaurant or a wedding or a party or something like that. And the, the, the hosts or whatever, you know, they make something and it's not a hundred percent meat. I'm going to eat it anyway, because they went through the work and they, you know, they're providing me with this food. You go to a restaurant, it's super expensive to eat just meat. You know, I'm not going to complain about eating some vegetables or whatever here and there. Um, and I always, I mean, when I'm, you know, making stuff for my kids or my family, they don't eat a hundred percent meat. They eat a, a more typical, I shouldn't say typical, they eat a more regular diet. Um, and you know, I'll, I, I'll take bites off their food. I'm not, again, I'm not, I'm not dogmatic. I'm not vegan about it. Uh, but I would say I'm 99% carnivore, um, eat mostly red, red meat, sometimes pork, sometimes chicken. Eat a lot of and, and how long, cheese, how long is it? yogurt, milk, Stuff like that. Anything. If it's from an animal, I eat it. Eggs, bacon. How long have you been on this diet? It'll be five years in January. Wow. Well, you look like a, the healthiest human in Texas, so something something's working with that. 
Something's working. If I didn't feel good, I wouldn't do it. So, host of the Austin City Councilman podcast, what podcast, Brad, do you listen to when you have a uh, free time? <laughs> do you listen to other podcasts? Do you try not to be influenced by other people? What, what's your podcast uh, situation? I don't listen to a whole lot of news podcasts like, I don't know, Ben Shapiro or something like that. Um, I do subscribe to a couple of them because they might, you know, there might be an episode that I'm interested in. But uh, usually I listen to comedy podcasts, um, Tim Dillon. Uh, uh, well, now it's called the Adam Friedland Show. It used to be called something else. Um, you know, I, I listen to some philosophy podcasts, uh, new discourses with James Lindsay. Of course, Joe Rogan, if he has a good, a good uh, guest. Lex Friedman, if he has a good guest. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I keep it, I vary it up. But I mean, I I enjoy the comedy ones the most. Oh yeah, dude, it's a good one. Oh yeah. So, so how do you how do you keep on top of the news? Do you have like um a routine, like a morning routine? Do you go through the Austin news site? Do you have like a news feed, or what? What's your what's your technique to stay on top of what's going on? Twitter. I mean, Twitter. Twitter. Twitter keeps me abreast of what's happening in Austin more than anything else, but. You know, I, I of course I listen. I or I looked at the the Statesman or Austin Monitor, or the Bulldog, uh, Scorecard, the Texan, a lot of different news sites. I'll I'll browse through, but I spent a lot of years just learning about and listening about um, political philosophies and sort of developed my ideas that way. And so it makes it kind of easier to, you know, now to read these stories and sort of digest them and, and formulate, a, you know, whatever my opinion is, formulate it based on that. What, what is your um, take here with the midterm predictions locally, um, state, and, and, and national? What, what is going on in Austin? Do any of the three... City council challengers have a have a legit chance, um, or do you think it's just going to be business as usual and people are going to vote them down the ticket, and it's just going to be continuing the same awful policies? Well, <clears throat> that's a good question. Let's see, who do we have running against incumbents? We have Richard Smith uh, running District Eight against Paige Ellis. Um, what are the other incumbents that are out there that are still that are running for reelection? I think that's the only one, right? There's Clinton Rary. There's uh, oh yeah, Richard Clinton Rary. He's running against uh, Natasha Harper Madison. Those are the only two incumbents, I think. The other ones, uh, Peel Renteria's termed out, Ann Kitchen's termed out, and Kathy Tovo's termed out. So, um, you know, I think that the, and I mean, obviously the incumbents have an advantage with name recognition, uh, history on the dais, you know, all that stuff, but. I think Clinton Rary certainly because of the work that he's doing, you know, he really is knocking on a lot of doors, talking to a lot of people, engaging with the community quite a bit. Uh, but Natasha Harper Madison is going to be a difficult uh, incumbent to beat just because of the amount of money that she's raised. Um, because, you know, I, I would, I hate that it is a factor, but race is certainly a factor. Um, and I think that's going to, you know, that, that might be a difficult hurdle to, to, overcome but you know clinton's doing really good work uh richard smith against Paige ellis 
Um, I think, I don't know. That one is, is Paige Ellis is such a, you know, so she's so milquetoast. She's so bland. So in the background, it's hard to, I don't know. It's hard to know like what people in district eight think about her outside of the, you know, I've talked to a lot of people about this, but she is difficult to get in touch with. She is just sort of in the background. People don't, you know, they reach out to her. They don't, she doesn't really respond. She doesn't engage with the community that much unless it's a disaster. You know, she'll hand, hand out some bottles of water. Um, but, and so I don't know. I don't know if people in District 8, since they don't know her, uh, outside of just being a, a progressive, you know, that might actually make it harder for Richard Smith, uh, you know, because she hasn't been out there, you know, screaming about police and stuff like that. So, um but I think that, you know, I've, I've interviewed Richard Smith and I think that he actually, you know, he, he engages with the community, does a lot of work for the homeless and has thought deeply about a lot of these problems. Um, I hope that he wins. I will certainly be voting for him. And uh, it's kind of, you know, I think that's going to be, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the, again, the two incumbents, is, it's just so hard to beat, especially in Austin. Uh, but I, I'm rooting for them, obviously, and, and I hope that they they do succeed. Um, but how about far- Abbott versus Beto? <clears throat> how about Abbott versus Beto? I see Beto's getting a lot of uh, like pop stars endorsing him. Harry Styles and Casey Musgrave. Where does Casey well, Musgrave Styles- live? I don't know where she lives, but she was at ACL. Yeah, she he gave her a beer. Um, yeah, Harry Styles, a you know multi-millionaire pop star from England who has, you know, three mansions in London and uh, I think a house in LA. Uh, he endorses Beto, you know, who gives a shit? Like I, I don't, but I mean, obviously that's going to mean something to somebody, you know, maybe the younger crowd, maybe the, you know, the 20 somethings that don't typically vote. Maybe that means something to them, but those people aren't going to suffer or Harry Styles is not going to suffer the consequences, positive or negative, of Beto uh, winning, even if he did live in Texas, even if he did have a house in Texas. He has so much money that it doesn't really matter to him. Um, so the, but I think Beto, you know, he keeps attacking Abbott and on these things that don't really matter, I think, to most Texans. Uh, the grid matters, but it's held up. Uh, he talks about abortion and how everybody supports abortion. Uh, you know, something like 70% or something like that, he says. But I don't think that that's, number one, that number is not true. But I don't think that people care about that right now. Independence especially, I think they care about the economy. And they, they see that the Texas economy has been doing well. I think Beto will do fairly well, but I don't see him beating Abbott. No, no. Um, nationally, um, do you agree with my hypothesis that the Latinos are making um, a huge political shift from the left to the right and they are done with this woke stuff and there's going to be a big um, Latino red wave um, supporting the Republicans? Uh, or do you think it's going to be tight and come down to Georgia? Because I'm hearing they're going it's, to... It's, you know, that's why the Pennsylvania one, Oz versus Fetterman and Georgia, I just read some analysis, CNN, where they think everything's going to be 50-50 and it's all going to come down to a runoff in Georgia between Herschel Walker. That's why all the Herschel Walker stuff's coming on. Do you think it's going to be 
a slam dunk um, blowout like a, a landslide, or do you think it's going to come down to like a 50-50 split with the Georgia ridiculousness that we had last time? When you're saying 50-50 split, are you talking about in the House and Senate? Yeah, well, yeah, then it co- could come down to like Warnock versus Walker to see if it's a 51-49 or 50-50. Um, I think it's going to be closer to 50-50 than a lot of conservatives would like to believe. Um, but I still think that the that Republicans will probably gain a majority uh, in both houses. But I don't think it's going to be a supermajority or anything close to it. And who gives a shit? I mean, it's like most of the Republicans. I mean, look at Mitt Romney. Those people, uh, it's not like they are, they embody conservatism and, you know, what the, the, uh, you know, the, the populist Republicans, you know, constituents, what they want. They, he just, you know, does whatever uh, the media tells him to. I'm curious, which lawyer, um, would you go with like a Thomas J. Henry? Okay, so Alex Jones was found guilty, $965 million last week with this lying and defamation. And then I'm sure you saw Pfizer came out and they said, oh, we never said the vaccines prevent you from getting it or spreading it. I don't know how you put words in our mouth, but then there's a montage of all these people, big pharma, Fauci, whatever, saying, oh, you got to get the vaccine or you can't get it or spread it. Brad. Should we be the catalyst? Should be should should we we grab the baton and contact one of these lawyers and sue them? I mean, the big question is: Does the Alex Jones verdict doesn't that set a precedent that you can't rush to judgment until the facts come out? I mean, what what is your whole take on the Alex Jones thing? Um, <clears throat> well, that was like three bi- questions. I know. A, I'm sorry. A, bil- a billion dollars is uh, pretty dramatic. Um, I don't know, you know, I, I have not, I don't, you know, I, I listened, I've listened to Alex Jones talk about it. Um, I don't know that he, I don't, I don't think that he, you know, sent out his minions to harass these parents. Um, and even still, I mean, a billion dollars is a, a pretty dramatic, um, amount of money. But the idea that, you know, journalists now, you know, you, you say, so, you question something and maybe you say something is, is uh, you know, you, you question the official narrative and, you know, people, you, you supposedly put people's lives at risk or whatever. Um, that is certainly not a great precedent to set. Um, you know, Alex Jones can say, can think that, and should be able to say that the Sandy Hook uh, massacre was was fake if he wants to, and that they are crisis actors. And you know, if he suffers the consequences of you know, if people think that's crazy and people don't tune in, he suffers those consequences. That's fine. But you know, think of apply it to something like George Floyd, where the prevailing narrative is that he there's two compa- there's two competing narratives. There's the official narrative of you know, uh, Derek Chauvin kneeling on his neck and that's what killed him. And then there's the other narrative of him dying of an overdose. Uh, and certainly, you know, the, the, I'm sure the arrest did not help, but what killed him, which one killed him and does, you know, the, the, there's a lot of conservative media out there that says that it was the, the fentanyl in his system that killed him. And, 
you know, if his family, if George Floyd's family doesn't like that and they say it causes them harm, emotional, or if, you know, some crazy person goes and harasses them at the store or something like that, you know, are we, is the media responsible for, for that person's actions? And that's a, a, a bad scenario to be in with the media. Oh, yes. Uh, I mean, and the, and the evidence is there. I mean, it, it says, hey, nine milligrams per, you know, parts per whatever is that's, you know, that's a lethal dose. And he had 11. I mean, that that that's the toxicology report right there. So, I mean, how can you deny it? I saw. Did you see any of the excerpts of Kanye's um, Tucker's interview with Kanye? Uh, so I think I saw just the, the one that's on YouTube. I haven't seen the whole thing. No. Because he mentioned he thought the Uvalde thing was a setup, and 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 I'm like, wow. Well, does that open up the Uvalde parents to sue Kanye for saying that? I mean, um, maybe. Uh, they, and the, there certainly are uh, internet theories out there that the there was some sort of coordinated effort for you know to make Uvalde as bad as possible. Um, I don't. I'm not saying I subscribe to them, and but they are out there. Right there, there the the the, uh, the distance from you know the school to some sort of you know military base or whatever, and like flight patterns on that day, and you know a lot of very autistic you know internet autistic stuff that is, and I'm not you know whatever I'm not I'm not disparaging autistic people. That's just the internet slang for it. But these people they they hyper focus on this and they come up with these theories. And I mean, they're out there. I don't know if uh, Kanye West has seen those or if he believes in those, but yeah, I guess if he questioned it, then, you know, maybe the Alex Jones precedent is, is there and they have a case. I don't know. Here's my question. Let's just say we talked about the moon landing on this show and the official narrative is the United States landed on the moon, took some photos, planted a flag and flew back 500,000 miles round trip. And what if we started asking questions? Could we? technically get arrested and sued by Neil Armstrong's Buzz Aldrin's uh, family for causing emotional distress. How dare you take uh, the biggest moment of my deceased uh, grandfather's, mo you know, you you're ruining our family legacy. I mean, couldn't they technically? You're going to have to ask Thomas J. Henry about that, man. <laughs> the legality of it. I don't know. Brad, we, I got to tell you, because no, no one else is going to say during COVID, and it wasn't a pleasant thing to talk about, and you had me on the show very, you know, a very frequent amount of, uh, I, I didn't say that right. You had me on the show a lot, 2020 and 2021. <laughs> what I, I'm trying to think, like, if you look in retrospect, I think you were the world's rightest man on COVID. And I'm wondering, let's just say 20 years from now, the scholars look back and they go, this guy was the hero of the COVID era. We need to rename Austin for this man. And they give you three choices. You have to decide. What would you go with? Swaletropolis, Swalejack City, or San Francisco? <laughs> I think one, Swaletropolis. I mean... Swalejack City is fun. Swalejack City is pretty tight. Uh... They that won't happen, <laughs> but I guess if I if I had to choose, if I couldn't uh, just bow out and say this is a, the craziest idea, don't do this, you're not correct, and I had to choose one, I guess I would choose Swale Jack City. 
sweet. Do you think, I mean, like Clinton Rary against Natasha Harper Madison, Natasha, if it was up to you, her, there would be mandatory vaccines. Everyone's wearing vaccines. You'd probably still be home. Stuff would be canceled. And oh, by the way, she was huge on defunding the police. The crime is out of control. And, um, and she, she, she jacked up your rent 25%. I mean, it seems like there's so ammun- so much ammunition from the last two years. Do you think the candidates need to get more aggressive about having these um, Democrats who've destroyed a lot of the things that we took for granted, like defend what they did? I, I, I just don't see it. Yes, there should be. They, they should have to defend what they did. Absolutely. Uh, I think the problem in Austin, though, is that there's too many people that actually believe it, believe that what they did was the right thing. Uh, there's that group, Mothers Against Greg Abbott, <clears throat> started by an Austin woman. Uh, and, you know, they tweeted out the other day that they actually, and they, they, they believe this. I believe that they believe this, that Steve Adler saved lives during COVID. And the amount of, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the, 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 the psychological diagnosis is to, for someone to be so crazy as to actually believe that. I don't know what it is, but it, it's something. And they, they believe it. And there's a lot of people like them. And there's a lot of people that, you know, are kind of on the fence. They believe that, ah, you know, they, they, they did the right thing. They erred on the side of caution. And uh, that was the right thing to do. You know, I'm not going to make a big fuss about it. But they, I, don't, I don't know. They should have to defend it. I think if they had, had to defend it more, they might, you know, the, these challengers would maybe win some more hearts and minds. Um, it's, but it's sort of in the rear view at this point with so many people that they don't think that something like that's going to happen again in their lifetime. Um, oh. so, you know, I don't know, but the, just the idea, the amount of damage that they did to children of all things, uh, yeah, they, they should have to defend it. It's indefensible, but they should have to defend it. Yeah. Oh, I, I just, I, I think it's, it's, be, it's because the alternative is to admit they were wrong about and, and, and their whole identity, man, people's whole identity got wrapped into what side are you on? But I don't know if you've noticed, man, but the people still wearing masks, it, they don't, they don't look healthy at all. Swollen eyes and it, 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 it's bad news. So, um, Folks, you are tuned into episode 30 of the Teddy Roosevelt Show with our favorite guest of all time, Brad Swale, host of the Austin City Councilman. He was the very first uh, interview we did in episode one. So it's great to bring Brad on again. Brad is on Twitter, of course, at Brad Swale, S-W-A-I-L. What other uh, plugs do you have in your, of course, you're on KLBJ every Friday at 9.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. What do you, what are your big plans for Q4 2022, Brad? Plugging away at the podcast um, here with the with the elections coming up in three weeks. Still doing the KLBJ thing. I mean, yeah, I'll still I'm I'm still doing the KLBJ thing. Still doing the podcast, of course. Uh, but you know, quarter four, it's all about holidays, man, and just spending time with my family, trying to be the best dad that I can be. And I mean, that's I think that's what too many people sort of miss out on if they focus more on their family than this. I think that that would solve a lot of the crazy in this world. I think you're right. I, 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 I do think that, that 
with all the bad stuff that we've gone through or whatever, it is really crystallizing and focusing people's values on what is important. And it really is. It starts with the family. That's the most important unit, uh, unit and then friends and community. And you just look like all this division, all this name calling. It's not like that in the real world. So that's, that's just a real healthy, uh, uh, great attitude to have. Um, so yeah, we got Thanksgiving, Christmas, Halloween, obviously. And then we got the World Cup coming up, Brad. Yeah. Can we get a prediction for the Austin FC Dallas game on Sunday? <laughs> World Cup to MLS. Um, Soccer, still in the same sport. Well, let's see. Prediction for Austin versus uh, Dallas. I think, I mean, as a season ticket holder of Austin FC, I, I want them to win. And, you know, I would the emotional side of me wants to say that they'll win, they'll, they'll pull out a two, one victory. Uh, but I think in reality, they'll probably, uh, lose three, one. You think they're going to lose three, one. I'm writing it down. We'll have to follow that up. Okay. World cup predictions. Uh, do you have one? Qatar wins it all. Qatar takes it. Wait till you see. Brad, where do you see this article I have on the Qatar uh, thing coming up? It might be a book. It's so long. I just got to hit, hit publish on it. But, yeah, the Qatar thing is going to be Firefest plus Woodstock 99 times infinity. It's going to be insane. Why? So um, I would love to talk to you about everything else that's going on, but this is going to be an interview. No one gets to interview you, and, and I'm trying to capitalize on all the uh, female groupies out there that I just want any little Brad Whale trivia tidbit. Maybe we can have you um, come on, Brad, uh, in a couple weeks to do the big launch of your uh, holiday 2022 product that we discussed. (laughs) (laughs) That is not my product. Uh, Should it ever come out, it is not my product. Okay. Well, I've got three domain names, and uh, I'm going to get on Shopify here. I've got some uh, people over in China designing the prototypes, so I hope to rush it out there and capitalize on this the windfall of new um of new subscribers I'm gonna get. So <laughs> episode thirty, Teddy Roosevelt show. It is Tuesday, October eighteenth. We're honored, privileged, and humbled to have Brad Swale on here. You wanna say anything to the audience, Brad, before we call it a show? Well, if you're interested in Austin politics and uh, want to know what's going on in Austin and what I think about it, you can certainly tune into the podcast, the Austin City Councilman podcast. It's on all your favorite podcasters. You can even ask your Amazon home listening device, your CIA device uh, to play the Austin City Councilman podcast, and it will play it. Uh, and yeah, I mean, if you're, you know, I'm I'm always open. My DMs are open. Hit me up. I, you know, if I'm wrong about something, I or if you think I'm wrong about something, I want to know. Uh, and you know, let me know if you think I'm right. That's cool too. But you know, whatever, just uh, reach out. That's the that's the best, man. Is just having a intellectual discussion. And guess what? People can agree to disagree and still get along and be friends. Oh my goodness, that's how it used to be. And it really is refreshing and inspiring what you're doing, Brad. Seriously, it should be a uh, um, uh, just uh, inspiring. It, it should. If we had more people like you facilitating the discussion, we'd have a much more informed, robust um, electorate. So thank you on behalf of everyone in Austin, Texas, and the United States for 
just being showing showing what real journalism is and uh i take i i don't i don't think i'm a journalist i think i'm a podcaster and sometimes that requires some journalisming but i don't think i think that there's uh some real journalists out there that would take umbrage with being me being called a, a journalist but i don't i don't think i'm a journalist i don't know i don't know that but i don't feel like one you're in the media sure you're in you're definitely in the media so um I, I could have used the word media, but um, I, I do. You're 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 asking questions and 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 creating stories, and some things that are said on the podcast are newsworthy. So I don't know. I think it's just semantics, but I'll just put you in the media. Um, as a media person, it's rare that you actually have people from both sides and 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 encourage and want them to come on and share it. Where a lot of people they want to silo it. And it's the echo chamber. You're the opposite of an echo chamber. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And, and hopefully, hopefully it stays that way. And hopefully I can get more, more guests on the show that disagree. And uh, we can have those conversations because otherwise, if we don't, these people aren't going to know, not that I represent every, you know, uh, I don't know, I'll say conservative, even though, you know, that that's a sort of a loaded term for a lot of people. Even though I represent, I, I have a conservative voice. I don't necessarily represent all conservatives conservatives in Austin, and you know if these progressives, if they never hear from us, they're not going to know what we think. And of course, that's part there. That's you know largely their fault if they don't want to talk to us. But having them on and you know presenting those ideas and presenting them, hopefully, hopefully, I do a good job of presenting them presenting them in a way that's. Uh, logical and and makes sense uh if they never hear them then the you know they're just going to keep rail railroading and doing whatever the hell they want yeah and 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 there's no compromise that's what there used to be is hey here's my take and then here's your take and obviously everyone has different perspectives and and whatever and then you sort of see the other side and try and meet them in the middle and that's 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 the big issue right now is we're not meeting in the middle it's either you must agree a hundred percent. And if not, you, you know, you're, you're a Trump loving, um, just bad person. So that, that, that it is really important, man, especially after the polarization, it's got to go in the opposite direction and you're helping to shine the light, Brad, and show people the way that we can have a civilized discussion and, and, and maybe understand each other a little bit better. And, oh my goodness, maybe compromise and reach a solution that everyone sort of, that's the thing. Compromise, you're not going to get your way, but it's better getting everyone's side as opposed to I'm shoving this through. And the, the worst thing about what the Dems have done is they treated our society like a Petri dish where all these ideas from defunding the police to legalizing camping, they've never been proven anywhere. They've never been successful, but they're like, hey, here's this idea we came up with. We're going to throw all this money behind it and we'll see if it works. And if not, you're going to pay the ram. You know, you're going to pay the price. And then, or you're going to have to reelect us again so we can throw more money at the problem that we just created, trying to solve it, which that's, what are they running on now? The, you know, 911, no one's picking up crime. I, 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 I mean, they're, they're running on affordability. No, they're running on affordability. That's the number one thing, which if anyone thinks the government's going to do something about it, there's no, if they really wanted to do something, they'd crack down on the Airbnbs. If you go on Reddit, man, there's a lot of people who are, they're trying to figure out how, and especially the like it's shown with ACL or whatever. So all these people on Reddit are like, they're pissed because their neighbors 
rent out the place, um, you know, during, during the high season, quote unquote. So yeah, if you rent out your place, ACL weekend, um, those two weekends, and then what you got the F1 formula one, that's always high rollers. And then South by Southwest, those two weekends, I mean, dude, you can rake in a ton of money. You might be able to pay almost your whole mortgage for the year with those couple weekends. Yeah. So it's, they, they're not even cracking down. That's the thing. They have laws that are on the books about these um, short-term rentals, but it is a huge issue all around Austin, and I really think it's contributed uh, majorly to the housing thing. And Project Connect. Well, geez, guys, you just raised everyone's rent, lease, everything, 25% guaranteed. You passed that through. And now you say there's affordable housing crisis? You created it! Yeah. They created it. If anyone thinks the, uh, Kirk Watson's going to come up with a an idea to lower your rent or the cost of living, no, there's so many macro factors going on, and now it's going the opposite direction. I mean, there's a ton of houses listed, the price is dropping, and it's like the somebody took the needle off the record for musical chairs, and where are you going to get stuck? So yeah, yeah, I don't. There's there's not a chance in hell that uh, the city of Austin is going to be able to, you know, the, the, given the, the current pace of things, the city of Austin as a, as a government entity is not going to be able to do anything for, for affordable housing. It's not going, they'll, they'll make some affordable housing and you know, that will, the cost will get passed on to everybody else and everybody else will get, it'll get more expensive for them. And it'll just be a vicious, vicious cycle. It, it, that, that's how it always works out. They create this stuff and that, that well, the one thing Kirk Watson said that you sort of, I don't know if you pushed back. You're like, huh? When he's like, he's talking, he wants transparency. And then he's like, we have to move quicker. We have to move at the speed of everything around us. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm like, you did. You rushed to judgment with a defund of the police. I mean, and often you guys rushed to that defunded by 150 million bucks. And there was no discussion with the police. Or I'm like, no, I, I, how are we supposed to look through a 190 item agenda if you're trying to go faster it's just kirk watson man i i mean he is just the straight out of central casting just a politician full of hot air um and he's just trying to capitalize on the fact that he ran uncontested during the easiest time to run anything a city of business whatever 97 to 2000 as long as you just showed up and were breathing things were good and go and getting better yeah so it was a good time Awesome, Brad. Thanks so much for your time, brother. Favorite episode ever. Um, episode 30, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. I'll be back with uh, episode 31 here in the next 24 hours. Thanks, Teddy. Thanks, Brad. Have a wonderful day. Take care. Bye.